The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. Holy crap, that's loud. Welcome in to the Mark and Linda podcast today. Today, I'm going to only bring up the stuff that I know I can get to. First of all, we have on this day in history, we'll clearly get into what year is it, but I'm going to delay that because we have not one, but two major situations. First up, we have the Super Bowl, and it's a first in history. Never before have two brothers competed against each other in a Super Bowl. We're going to be speaking with Todd frickin' Donahoe. Pumped about it, and I'll give you an update. We have the best and worst Super Bowl halftime shows in history. What do NFL cheerleaders make? And in celebration of Valentine's Day, Linda has Billboard's top 10 love songs songs of all time presented by Skeeter. Yep. So wait a minute, you're bumping my what year is it? For Todd and the fucking Super Bowl? No, bump is the incorrect word. Bump means we're not doing it. Mm -hmm. We are doing it. That means we ain't doing it. No, we're definitely doing it. We're just moving it because Todd is breathy. I would like to put money on that. All right. How much? Because if you don't do it in the order that's on the sheet, then it don't get done. It'll get done. Promise you. Guaranteed. All right. Um, I want to tell you about a scheme that has gotten under my skin. Oh, my God. You guys, this is all week long. And then he had to call Matthew. It's very bothersome. And then he had to call Katie. And we're all losing our minds because we keep hearing the same fucking story. And get ready, because you'll hear the same story next Friday. It is very bothersome. All of you need to know that it exists. It shocked me. And so I'll give you a full update. But first, um, we've been um, trying to do things here around the house uh, because we're here. We want to, you know, these are things that have to be done. And this is an older house now, so shit's falling apart. Yeah, well, I'll give you an example. Uh, We sat down to eat one night and uh, uh, we sit at our kitchen island. That's where we eat. There's just two of us. So I, you know, bothered the table. And I grabbed the countertop to pull myself close, and the tiles, of course, fell off in my hand. Uh, That tells you that it's probably time to get rid of those, replace them. Uh, They shouldn't have been there in the first place. Who puts tile on a kitchen island where you cut food, prepare food, serve food, maybe eat tile? Really? And grout. Yeah, really? Because food gets down in the grout, and that's no good. It needs to be a flat, smooth, whatever countertop. So uh, we're doing that. And uh, uh, trying to do it myself without a, uh, not, not physically doing the work, but without a foreman. And so in essence, Linda and I are the foreman. 
And so we have to call a guy and did uh, to demo the tiles, come in and hammer them, chip them, get them out. And then the company comes in that's going to put the template down and make it. Then they cut the counter. It's all this shit that has to be remembered. And so the demo guy came in this morning at eight, mm-hmm. eight o'clock in the morning. That's a little early for even me. But he came in. Now, imagine a guy that demo stuff. I was picturing Fled Flintstone. Um, this guy came in, couldn't have been nicer, nicely dressed, shaved. I don't think he does the demoing. I think he's the boss. And then the guys that work for him do the demoing. I think he does the work as well. You do? Yes. All right. Well, he's going to do that, and then we're going to put down this countertop, and hopefully that will get rid of the issue. Uh, Then we have another hopeful came in one night, um, and I was going to go and watch a movie, and I stepped into the room, and my feet sank into water. Oh, this was years ago. Yeah, this has been forever. Uh, And we, we had a water tank burst. And it's inside the house. I don't understand why they put two big old tanks of water inside a house. Put it out in the fucking garage. Yeah, that's how, that's how California does it. Uh, but here in the South, apparently, they put them inside the house. Hey, guys, great move. Good idea. Who thought of that? And so we're going to try to get rid of those and put in the tankless water. So the guy came yesterday, and we're talking to him. I think the only knock on it is that depending on how far you are from the tankless water system, it may take a few seconds for the hot water to get to you. Uh, In other words, if it's three floors away, it's going to take a little longer for that hot water. Now, there's no tank, so there's not not a reserve of hot water. There is a tank. It's a little tank, and it does have a little bit of water in it. Okay. And then while you're using that, it's heating more. But you get rid of the giant tank that has hot water in it around the clock. And so we're trying to do that. There's a little discussion. Did the guy we talked to know what he's doing? There's a little bit of that. That that topic came up. And, and, and it came up because he went in the room where the water tanks are. And he said, uh, yeah, you may have to check your BTUs, which is heat. How much gas do we have coming in to heat the thing? And apparently the, the tankless water needs a bit more. And so Linda made the call that he asked her to make. And they said that. Your plumber should know that. Yeah, he should have been able to look at it and tell. So now. So now I'm like going, mm, these plumbers have been with us forever. But now I'm wondering, maybe they're only good at unclogging sinks. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but this is that thing we all do. All of us go through this. Some jobs are bigger than others. Uh, These are two sizable jobs, and we're trying to get them done while we're here. And, of course, you run into the problem, and this is the area where I really wish I had a guy to do it, you know, organize it, because we're having to do it. You have to coordinate the date, when the demo guy can come in, say on a Wednesday. Oh wait, first you got to get the plumber guy out here. Oh yeah. To undo the plumbing that's under the sink. Yeah. And then the demo guy. Yeah. And then they come to do the template. Yeah. And then they put the quartz. 
Well, they have to cut down. it. They yeah. have to cut it and make it, and then they put it in. And then the, uh, I've we've talked to so many people. I forget who puts the sink back in. The the plumber, the plumber puts the sink in. I think he don't. All he does is connect it. I because it's an inlay, so it's got to be in there when the countertop goes in. And get this, along with the sink and the 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 new faucet, we're getting. And I've never heard of this. I don't know what it is, but we're getting one. We're getting a brand new under tank. Yep. It's not that. No, that's not what it's called. Under. I got it. Undermount. That's what most sinks are. Undermounts. Yes. I don't know what they are, but we have to get one. <laughs> we have that now. <laughs> well, we're getting a new one. Yeah. They say we need a new one. Yeah. So. You know what this is. So we're, we're in the middle of that. That's going on. And then... I guess that's good problems to have, except for, you know, the countertop falling I, down. I don't know that it's good. <clears throat> I really don't. And then, you know, the risk is if you do all this work and then it turns out to be a shitty job, uh, that's why we always go to the best people. Um, we went with our neighbor. We asked her what she uses because she has a construction problem. She constantly has people over there working. And she gave us the tile people that, that she used. And that's all they sell is tile. That's their job. They're not a jack of all trades. Yeah, we sell tile. Granite, rock, quartz, whatever you want. That's what we do. And that's the way we win. Well, the only thing we have to worry about is putting anything hot on that countertop. Yeah, she warned us. This is a quartz countertop. I'm going to be a nervous wreck when we have people over or the kids come over because... No, well, we don't have to worry about like a cup of coffee. We have to worry about a hot boiling pot mm. that we need to put pads under. So there's all that. And then I can tell you this. Remember where you learned it. Uh, granite, can't get it. Not right now. It's like a lot of things right now. You can't get them. Like, go try to buy a refrigerator and you'll see what I'm talking about. Quartz is the same. Uh, no, uh, granite is the same way. Can't get it. It's just, I don't know if they're running low or it's shipping or whatever the case is. You can't get granite. So we've, we've learned a lot. We've learned a lot of shit this past week. Now, uh, the other issue I have is an odd one because it only happens to me, not to Linda. Now, we have a lot of hand lotion around the house because Linda's old and she needs, you know, a hand lotion mm -hmm. to, to moisten her skin because it's flaky and old and kind of mm -hmm. mummy-like. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with me doing dishes and... I need some lotion on my hands. That doesn't even factor in. Well, um, I just, of course, I need the lotion as well. And we have all kinds. We have um, just regular lotion, which is lighter than the other one. We have one that's really super heavy duty called Gold Bond. Gold Bond. And I love it because it is so thick and it just sinks in and really gives you a good lube. And it stays there. It does. Now, the problem is Walker. I have gotten into the habit of going into the bathroom knowing I'm going to get some gold bond, and I shut the door. And the reason I do that is so Walker won't see me get it uh, because he watches. 
The problem is that he likes to come over after I've put it on and lick it off my hands. And it doesn't matter if he doesn't see me do it. It's because he can smell it. I can smell it when you put it on. Well, it's a problem. Keep in mind, he does it only to me. Oh, I won't let him do it because I use the word no nah, with Walker. I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, you don't. You, you never say no to Walker. You're always saying, stop that. Quit it. Don't do that. Come on now. There's never a firm no that comes out of your mouth for him. Well, he's cute. Well, he is cute, but he needs some manners, and I don't want him licking my lotion off my hands. I don't think I can do it. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a grown man. I'm an old grown man, and I'm sneaking into the bathroom to try to hide from my dog so he won't know I'm putting on lotion, and he does it only to me, not to her. Yeah. So uh, new tile. Uh, uh, tankless water, and I've got an issue with a dog who licks my hand lotion. But it's just that hand lotion. If it's any other hand lotion, he doesn't care about it. I can't even put any on when I'm going to bed because it wakes him up. The dog is out asleep, and he smells that, and then he's awake licking my hands while I'm laying in bed trying to go to sleep. It's a problem. It's just a problem. Um, so let me give you this uh, real quickly. Let me give you this. I read this on NPR. National Public Radio, they have a website. Um, <clears throat> I find them to be a lot more reputable than CNN because I don't listen or watch the news. I get it from uh, my phone. And so I go, and there's an article about this thing called yo-yoing. And I wanted you to know about it because it's real. It exists. Basically, here's what happens. Uh, a couple, and this there's hundreds of these cases, but here's basically what it is. A couple goes in and they're going to buy a car and they're going to trade in a car to get it and then they borrow, they finance it through the dealership. So they pick out their car, they give their trade in, they sign the paperwork, off they go, brand new car, they're super excited, they show it to all their friends. After a period of time, the dealership will call back and they will say, your financing fell through you need to bring the car back and sign a new deal. And in every case, the new deal is a higher interest rate and you get less for your trade-in. It's called yo-yoing. So some people do it. They go back, they've got the car, they sign the new paperwork, now they're gonna pay maybe twice uh, what they were going to pay and now, and they got less for their trade-in. Some people have said, no, I'm not coming in. I'm not gonna, we signed the deal, that's it, I'm keeping the car. The dealership reports the car missing and the person is arrested and taken away. It's called yo-yoing. The government, and NPR reached out to 12 attorneys and asked, have you handled any of these kind of cases? All 12 attorneys responded. And between the 12, they were working on 900 cases of this nationwide. So then they had to get involved. The government had to get involved. Now there's new legislation that deals with that, but it's still happening in various ways. Be aware of it. Because if you go in and you finance a car, the very first thing that happens is the car dealership, because they don't loan money, they have to find an institution who will take your loan. 
if they don't find it, that is when they instigate this yo-yo thing. Um, and they were naming dearly the dealerships that have done it and are doing it. So it exists. Now, if you're going in and you're paying for your car outright, you're just buying it, then you don't have anything to worry about. It's when you finance it. And you told me that this couple went in, redid everything, drove home, month later, they got another call that they needed to come in. Yeah, and there have been, there was one couple, the article talked about, and then I'll stop. There was one couple who, who got the call, they refused, they were reported that the car was missing, they were arrested, they then sued the car dealership, and they won. However, the car dealership then sent them a bill for um, rental space where their trade-in sat on their lot before they sold it. By the way, they did. They sold their trade-in and couldn't give it back to them. And they sent them this massive bill for all of these expenses. Even though they lost the case, they sued them. And this couple, and the judge upheld it. This couple owed so much money, they had to go bankrupt. That's just horrible. It's real. And this is why it, it and so I called Matthew. I knew this would, this would interest him. And I called him. I said, Matthew, listen, I read this article on NPR. It's called, and he goes, stop. You're calling me about yo-yoing. Because Matthew was incensed <laughs> that it even exists. And they're doing it. Look it up. It's right there. Look it up. Yo-yoing at car dealerships. You can read about it. It bothered me. It should bother you. We have to stand up for us, the little people, when they try to fuck us up the butt. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, okay. Before we get to Tide and the Super Bowl, we got a couple of fun facts and stuff. Let's do some of this. And now... Hey, Rookie! Watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up my sleeve. Crystal! <laughs> Ooh, don't know my own strength. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. And now, comments. We have Skeeter. Robin says, Mark, I just have to tell you, your book is spectacular. Mm. The way you seamlessly wove in stories of your formative years to provide context and perspective for the incredible highs and lows you experienced during the M&B years was masterful. Thank you. I laughed, I cried, it filled me with compassion, gratitude, and respect. Thank you for sharing it all with us for prosperity. Thank you. Very kind you words. You sure as shit didn't start out that way. Well, no, it was it was a tough go. It took two <laughs> years. Um, but you're, you're complimenting the writing, and I thank you. There are some people that are saying, I'm going to win the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, for this book. Wow. Right. Mm. Some, are, some are saying Good that. luck to you. Yeah, well, luck I don't need. It. The book's so good. It, I think the Nobel mm-hmm. is, is, a, is a no-brainer. It's, I've already started you know, finding places to put. Mm. Do you get a statue? I have no idea. All right. Nobel Prize coming my way. Tell all your friends. Um, Nick L says, hey, Eminem, I love the podcast. I just ordered the hardcover book and the audio book because I'm too lazy to read it myself. Anyhow, I decided to read along with the audiobook for a bit and found the following. On page 99, you describe a baseball being thrown through Mrs. Iron's window. In the audiobook, chapter 14, at 4.45 minutes, you call her Mrs. Jones. 
I found that to be funny. Yeah. Keep up the good one. Which one was it? I don't know. We'd have to look it up. See, look, when I came back here and I did the audiobook in this studio and I have an iPad fashioned in front of me and I'm literally reading the book that I wrote. However, sometimes I'll miss see something and somebody gets a different name apparently. <laughs> and and it happens. And and honestly, sometimes in the audiobook, I'll kind of change the sentence. It doesn't fit the way that I was in the mood to say it at that time. You still get the gist of it. Because honestly, dude, who in the world other than you are going to sit there and follow along in the book with the audio book? I thank you for doing it. I thought it. that was a good idea. I guess it is if that's what you want. But, but you know, God bless you. I did. I guess I changed that name. By the way, I was unaware that I'd done it. So take that with you. Ashlyn says, I just happened to be stoned when I listened to this. Mind blown. Your your, uh, stone thoughts? Oh, oh, yeah. You know what, man? I got to tell you, in the middle of that, I was 22 and stoned out of my mind writing these stuff down. I really thought that that was deep, deep, never before thought of stuff. I thought I was revolutionizing the, the world of the written word. I was just stoned at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> uh, Martin says, it's great to hear you again. I'm glad you and the kids had a great Christmas and New Year together. I love you all, Walker, too, and always will. I'm getting better after a year. And I just want to say, Martin, I'm so happy to hear that. Mm. Teresa says, I don't know why you would wear a thong to the water park, because if you're going on the slides with your kids, you end up with a thong on most of those slides. <laughs> And then you get the butt flap. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, I mean, look, I'm, I, I love to look at a beautiful lady uh, wearing almost next to nothing. But at the water park with primarily kids, I, I think it would hinder my enjoyment of it. I think I would feel like a creep if I were doing that. So it's probably best to just cover that thing up. Devin says, what is the satisfaction with shit? Why do we measure a person's sincerity by their willingness to tell us a story about them shitting in their pants? <laughs> <laughs> I listened to Dak Shepard speak on his podcast about an embarrassing moment when he shit his shorts. Mm. And then yesterday, I had a good friend tell me about his post-surgery battle with laxatives and how he shit his trousers. And now I have to read Mark's book and hear how he dropped a deuce in his pants. Deuce. Just because you tell a person you shit your pants doesn't make you more believable or sincere. Maybe, just maybe, I don't care about your shit. I have my own shit to deal with. <laughs> Fuck your shit. Well, I have to tell you, uh, uh, we're different, of course. Now, I think everybody at some point in their life shits their pants. Um, I turn around and not only tell people about it, I go on my radio show and tell them, and then I write a book and I put it in there. Mm. That's the difference, I think, between me and you. Joanne from the OC says, who do fucking who? Question for the RG. Will there, will there ever be a way to listen to cool stories and music past podcasts? No. I know it was potentially going to grow, but can we find the previous ones you've done anywhere? I have someone who would thoroughly enjoy them. 
Uh, very kind. God, I love that show. And my attorney went to every syndicator in the business and all of them said, great show. We're not looking for weekend shows that are two hours long. We're looking for five minute shows that we can play during the week. Every one of them turned it down. Yeah. I thank you for that work. I love that show. I worked my ass off on it. Nobody wanted it. Therefore, it is gone forever. Eat my balls. Uh, Marco says, hi, Linda. I enjoy you and Mark's movie reviews. I think I know what you like. Have you seen Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris? I have not. You'll like it, I'm sure. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's free on Peacock and rentable on Amazon. I'm going to keep this because we're going to need something after we finish what we're watching now. Yeah, we just saw Barefoot. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, that was good. And the last comment comes from Ronald Scott. Mark, last week you talked about the Janet Jackson Super Bowl. You forgot the other important detail. Our Panthers lost that game to the Patriots. I don't think I realized that the, that was the pa uh, Panther game. I knew it at one point. I forgot it. Yeah. yeah, they almost did it, but didn't. History. 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 That happened, and we all let it happen. Axel Rose is 61 today. Happy birthday, dude. Uh, taking you back to 1987. It was on this day that Welcome to the Jungle was released. Axel explained to us that Welcome to the Jungle was released when he actually wrote the lyrics to it while on the road. Basically, living on the streets in L.A., I was there for about six years gradually meeting people and constantly working on this project. You meet a lot of people and you see a lot of things. And Jungle was written on our first trip when we first went to Seattle and we hitchhiked. And I got to Seattle and I realized it's like any city, it's rough and you gotta fight it out and you gotta work on your songs and get them better so you can start headlining and get farther along. <laughs> birthday uh, is in accord we say that to John Williams the single greatest writer of music in history I think you can say this for his movies and soundtrack work John Williams turned 91 Dang.
imagine having the ability to think of this type of stuff and then write it down? And a big happy birthday, Joe Pesci turns 80 today. I'm funny how? I mean funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I'm not just, you know how you tell a story, what? No, no, I don't know, you said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. What is so funny about me? Tell me, tell me what's funny. Okay. This day, 1979, Rod Stewart's Blondes Have More Fun was released. Do You Think I'm Sexy became the nation's number one selling album. Congratulations, Rod. was on this day back in 1978 Van Halen released their self-titled debut album Van Halen On this day, back in 1971, Carol King releases Tapestry. The album spins off the number one single, It's Too Late. This album would go on to win the Grammy for Album of the Year. And it was on this day that you heard it. Stayed in bed all morning just to pass the time. There's something wrong here, there can be no denying. One of us is changing, or maybe we just stop trying. And it's too late, baby, now it's too late. Though we really did try to make it. Something inside has died, and I can't hide, and I just can't fake it. Oh, no, no. And so now, here's something that you don't need to know, but I find it kind of weird, and therefore it's interesting. It was on this day in 1967 that the big final note of the song A Day in the Life by the Beatles was recorded. Now, there's like 50 different sounds that go into it, But on this day, way back in 1967, when the big note was being recorded in the room 
were Mick Jagger, Y, somebody named Marianne Faithful, Keith Richards, Donovan, and from the Mick, uh, from the Monkees, Mickey Dolans. They all sat and they watched this be created. So while you're driving around today, you can go, huh? It was on this day the big note at the end of day is done today, and you're welcome. It was also on this day, 1964, the Beatles were presented with a gold record for this. It was on this day back in 1977. What were you doing or who were you doing? Uh, They released the song Long, Long Way From Home. The song was written by former guitarist Mick Jones and lead singer Lou Graham. Here, uh, he talks about writing that tune. When Lou came down to New York, we were getting the band together. That was sort of the first song that we collaborated together on and wrote. Lou was actually a long way from home. I guess I was too. And here we were, kind of getting something together. And that was the first thing we put together as a band when the final lineup got together. I guess we're all feeling a bit lost. Gosh, what are we doing? What is this? And that sort of summed up the feeling. that happened on this day. So uh, when I was putting together the um, Saban show, uh, I very much wanted, because we were basically remembering the Mark and Brian program, and I knew that by that point, Brian wasn't going to be there. And I wanted to represent the people that had been on that show, and I decided to go for the, the three most involved individuals other than Mark and Brian who had been there the longest who was the most important and clearly who was there from the beginning right and the three names that fill that void are unmistakable Chuck Moshantz Scott Reif the Sky Lord and Todd Donahoe and not a one of them fucking showed up yeah Chuck um, he basically told me immediately he said look on that date I have a fundraiser that I do every year. Chuck's in Seattle. And he said, I would give everything to be there, but I can't miss this. And I fully understood. I said, thank you. Uh, Skylord, he immediately said, yes, I'll be there. Only to call me two days prior 
and have to pull out because he had COVID. The nerve. Yeah, pussy. Uh, Then there's Todd Donahoe. And for that, uh, to help you and me explain exactly why it is that Todd didn't make it, uh, we're going to call him. Uh, if the phone system still works, we hey, can hear the it's ring. Ringing. Yeah, well, that's a good that's a good sign. So we'll see where we go. Todd Donahoe sports the entire yeah. run. Hey, Todd. Yeah. It's Mark Thompson. Hey, hello. How are you? And Linda's here. Hi, Todd. Hey, Linda. Now, Todd had to pull out. He was coming, and he was excited. And Todd had to pull out uh, because. Uh, what I found out, because I had, Todd and I have spoken throughout the years. Uh, periodically, one of us will pick up the phone and just check up what's what's going on. And on that particular day, when I called him about doing the Saban show, I asked, hey, what's been going on? Uh, Todd has been battling cancer. Uh, I, I believe it's bladder cancer. And Todd had to call me and cancel because he was having his very final chemo treatment on that day. And you're not allowed to fly before or after you've had it. And so Todd couldn't come. Uh, But I called Todd the other day just to check on him, see how he's doing, because his Chiefs are playing in the Super Bowl this weekend. And Todd told me that he is, as of a test that he had just the other day, he is cancer-free completely. Congratulations, Todd. Well, thank you very much. Uh, let me just say, it, it, the, the treatment wasn't chemo. It's a compound called BCG. That's what they use for uh, for bladder cancer treatments. But I had, uh, over the course of the last, uh, oh, 15, 16 months, uh, four different cycles. I've had 15 treatments. My last one was, lit- well, I, the second to the last one was literally uh, the day before the show. And then my last one was like the Friday after the show. So I couldn't make it. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm doing better now, like you said. Uh, my last checkup was last Tuesday, and uh, I was a negative on the uh, physical examination, then negative on the cell analysis. So I'm, uh, I'm negative, negative. That's what they call it, and so I feel very good about that. And uh, I'm hoping to, you know, get better and stronger and move ahead. Um, so, guys, you know, it brings up a good reason to, to discuss this because we, all of us now, we're older. And frankly, this is this kind of thing that Todd just went through. Linda's been through it. Um, it, it. It brings to mind something that you all should be thinking about. And that is each day that you wake up and you wake up healthy and feeling good, that's a day to celebrate. Uh, because these kinds of things are going to happen. They're going to come up and you'll do exactly, hopefully, what Linda did, what Todd did. And that's face it. Face it, deal with it, go through it, and hopefully come on the other side of it like Linda did, like Todd did, and have a good day. So this is just part of being older. Todd, it's amazing to listen yeah. to his voice. He's like 95. <laughs> yes, 95. No, I just got back. But, but I'll, you know, let, let me, I can confirm this with Linda. Uh, the day that you sit there in the doctor's office and they mention your name and the word cancer in the same sentence, your your world is rocked and your life has changed from that moment on. That is so true. It just does. For, it does. Yeah. And it's changed forever. Yeah. And exactly. Even even when you're even when you're negative or you say, Well, you're cancer free now, it, it just changes your mind on everything yeah. as you go forward. 
Yep, that, that is so true. And, you know, from my standpoint, and clearly I know that this is not per se the case, but in the way that I'm saying it, it's true. Because when someone that you care for gets cancer, then you as a family member, you kind of have cancer with them because everybody's in That's it right. together. Um, That's right. And, and like yesterday when I called Todd and said, hey, jump on the podcast with me, he turned to his wife, Paula. Paula, what am I doing tomorrow at 10? <laughs> can, 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 can I do it? Um, so, Todd, this, this weekend, your Chiefs are going to battle the Philadelphia Eagles. And before I get to the prognostications, um, we, we do need to, Todd, we need to talk about your drinking problem. Um, and, well, I'll tell you something. Uh, this is this is kind of unusual. Well, not unusual, but you know, when you have a, a bad bladder, you find out what causes bad things to happen down there. And uh, and and like right now, like people say, well, what are your after effects? My after effects are if I come over to your house, you better have a working toilet, and you better be prepared to have a higher water bill after <laughs> I'm there. You know what I mean? A lot of people. I go to the bathroom. A lot that's of people. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now. So so uh, so so you go a lot. But uh, uh, they said that the two things that irritate the bladder the most is coffee and alcohol. Damn it. Bummer. Yeah. And so what are the two things I like most in the world? Coffee, coffee and alcohol. And alcohol. <laughs> so, but here's the deal. So I've, I've, I switched to decaf, and decaf is, is better than caffeinated coffee, but it's still not great. But I, sne- I sneak some here and there. I cut down. I don't drink nearly as much. Coffee. Uh, then, then <laughs> uh, you caught that. But then, but then, so then, this is what I do, and you can do it. You can check this out. Go ahead and Google it. Is there al- is there an alcohol that is least irritative or good for bladder? And it comes up with gin. Oh, well, I happen to like gin, <laughs> and because because gin's made out of juniper berries, and and the white alcohol is is better. Not as irritative for the bladder, and so I, Mark, I don't drink beer anymore. Uh, I know that I hard. rarely have a wine, but I've uh, uh, but I've always kind of liked gin, so I'm I'm drinking gin now more. So, well, uh, Todd, you know, one of the things I wanted to get into is that you clearly have a truth problem. You're a liar. Um, Todd's Kansas City Chiefs were playing in the Super Bowl several years back, which they won. And Todd was on the show, and, and Todd told me, "I'm not drinking. I'm not going to drink in the in the in the game. I'm not." Um, and so then Todd proceeded. He didn't even make it to the game. He started drinking in pregame, and at the end of it, after the Chiefs won, he was uh, plowed. And his sons loaded Todd into the car and drove him around Kansas City to see the celebration. So, Todd. Oh, my God. The celebration was unbelievable. And, and of course, we hope that's the case. It's going to be uh, this weekend as well. But the celebration. See, when you when you live in, uh, and we live in the city. You know, we live in the city of Kansas City. So, you know, our homes are close together. The house we live in is a 107-year-old house. And so the homes are all kind of packed in uh, closely together so we're kind of right in the center and so when and it's going to be a nice warm day and, that, and the Super Bowl that they won three years ago it was like a record-breaking day temperature in Kansas City it was like 69 degrees 70 degrees it's supposed to be low 60s this weekend mm. so we'll have our window cracked open and uh, I'm watch, I'm watching the game with my two boys their wives Paul and me that's it okay I'm not going to any big parties or anything else like that 
but uh, 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 we're going to watch the game. And if it's like it was three years ago, <laughs> just having that window cracked a little bit, when the Chiefs score a touchdown oh, or yeah. make a big interception, you not only hear, like, you know, air horns and, and your neighbors and stuff celebrating, but then in the, in the distance, you can literally hear the roar of the city. Because yeah. when the game is on in the city that has a Super Bowl, especially like Kansas City, where everybody's a Chiefs fan. You know, remember in Los Angeles, you know, there were Chiefs fans and there were there were Raiders fans and Rams when when they had a team there. And then and there are 49ers fans, Cowboys fans, people from Pittsburgh moved out to L.A. They root for the Steelers. In Kansas City, everybody's a Chiefs fan. Yeah. You know, nobody moves here from somewhere else and, and brings their loyalty with them. But you could hear the roar of the town over the roar of the town. It was it was an amazing experience. Never really heard anything like it. You could just hear distant roars rumbling throughout the entire city. Uh, and Todd, I also noticed that through that story, you evaded what's your drinking schedule. When do you start drinking this coming Sunday? Well, the game is at 530 here, local time. Uh, I'll probably, uh, let's see, we get out of church at about 10. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you know, it won't be, it might not be too long after that, you know, so, and, uh, and our, hey, our church, our, our church, which is only just two blocks up the road, Paul and I walk to church on Sundays, but our church, it's it's like, has real nice lights at night that light it up and it's all red, red lights. You know, this, oh, all wow. red yeah, and the whole city is like that. All right. like so, that. so Todd, quickly, because um, uh, there's no le- reason in belaboring the point. Look, uh, I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to be cheering for the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes. I know that Tom Brady is the goat, rightfully so. Seven rings, ridiculous. Patrick Mahomes. If you were to compare the ability of Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes, it's not even a comparison. Patrick Mahomes is doing or has done some of the kinds of things that we've never seen in football. We've never seen it. Because what Patrick is doing is he's taking some of the athletic moves that he learned in baseball and he has implemented those into, like, you know that thing that Patrick does when he's been scrambling and he's starting to fall over and he throws the ball with one leg in the air. He throws the football sidearm. That's a baseball move. That's what a second baseman or a shortstop will do when they're crossing second base for a double play. And that's what well, we're... Go ahead. Yeah, well, let me, let me give you just an analogy, Okay. Patrick Mahomes, what Patrick Mahomes has done for the Chiefs and the NFL is the same thing that Magic Johnson did for the Lakers yes. and the NBA. Yes. Magic Johnson came into the league and everybody's saying, We've never seen anything like this. Yes. We've never seen a six foot eight, six foot nine inch guard who can throw no look passes on a bounce pass seventy five feet to a, a streaking James Worthy yeah. and put it up into the basket. And so they called it showtime. And all of a sudden, people who had not been basketball fans before, all of a sudden started watching basketball because you got to see this Magic Johnson guy. And I think there are people all throughout the NFL, so, so everybody's got their own team, but if if your, your team is not playing at a certain time and you want to watch a game and the Chiefs are on, they watch the Chiefs because 
they know Patrick Mahomes is going to do something that they've never seen before. And it literally makes, and with the type of offense and the creativity that, that Andy Reid, the coach, has, and the players that adapt to it, they try and do plays that no one has ever seen before. And it is show, what, what the Lakers of the 80s were, showtime for basketball. The Chiefs are now showtime for football. And Magic Johnson pulled the trigger for the Lakers. It's Patrick Mahomes who pulls the trigger for the Chiefs. Now, um, I'm I'm also going to be cheering for the Chiefs because my all-time, not, not all-time, but my current favorite player in the NFL is Travis Kelsey. This guy yeah. is not only a super stud on the field, he is excited, he's passionate, I fucking love. So, I'm going to be cheering for the Chiefs. My concern is is this high ankle sprain that Patrick has that certainly dings the engine of what drives not only Patrick, but, uh, but the chiefs themselves. And, and I'm worried about that. Um, but Andy Reed is one of the best coaches. So, and also the Eagles are not to be sneezed at, uh, this, <clears throat> this, this Jalen hurts is something special. And you know, the favorite right now, Todd is Eagles by two. And that could change, right. but, and I do think it's going to be hard because uh, frankly, Todd, and you know this, the Chiefs shouldn't have won that game if it weren't for uh, a, an unnecessary roughness penalty, which was automatic first down 15 yards. That was ball game without. Well, that, it would, they would have gone to overtime. They would have gone to overtime. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be, it's either going to be a great game right down to the last second or the chiefs are going to blow their fucking doors off. I, you know, I'll tell you this way. I look at it where one, I think if you said who has a better overall roster, most people are saying the Philadelphia Eagles, Uh, but the Kansas city chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs uh, have players that have been to recent super bowls. They've been to two super bowls in the last four years. This is their third in the last four years where the Eagles are a Super Bowl inexperienced, let's put it that way. And so, and the coaches, same, same way. So that may count for something. The injury thing, nobody on the Eagles is injured right now. I mean, and their, their injury report says nobody. But the Chiefs, especially injuries to their wide receivers, McCall Hartman, who's their, their deep threat guy, he's not going to play at all. He, they say he's out. Mm. And so, that, so now it comes down to they're playing with receivers like, like – uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. And, uh, I'm, who? You yeah, know what right. I mean? Most yeah. people are saying, we've never heard of this guy. Yeah. Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, um, uh, you know, they just, uh, but, but the thing is, they do have, while, while they may be weak at wide receiver, and I think they are, okay, they are very strong at tight end. And you mentioned Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, when he uh, gets done playing in the NFL, he will be the greatest pass catching tight end in NFL history. Yeah. Okay, so you got Travis Kelsey, and then they have two other tight ends who are very good, uh, Noah Gray and Blake Bell. So they may go kind of heavy tight end and, and, and play that play that way and less, and less uh, uh, wide receiver, but uh, that's obviously the game plan that the Chiefs have to, have to figure out because they are not at full strength. There's no question about that, and you mentioned uh, Mahomes' ankle. Now, Mahomes injured that ankle three weeks ago. He played on it one week later and was good enough to win a game. Okay, good enough to scramble for seven yards when they needed the first down 
at the end of the game. Then, of course, getting shoved, they got the 15 yards, so they get the field goal. But he's now had two weeks off. And uh, and everybody says, wow, he's a quick healer. He's a quick healer. Mm. But, uh, uh, no... you know, he's had two, two more weeks off. We'll see. We'll see. Todd. Uh, look, take care of yourself. Keep this cancer away. If you got sick again, I would be sad, and we can't have that. So yeah, well, uh, I'd be sad too. <laughs> it, uh, look, I, but I, it's it it, it, stay, it stays with you. But you just try to do, uh, you know, and you 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 talked about it. It's one day at a time. It's every single day. You uh, you 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 treasure walking on the planet. And it, and it, what's amazing is before all this happened, Linda, I'm sure you probably the same thing. You don't think about mortality. Right. You just you know you go you go on forever. You just it doesn't even enter your mind. And now all of a sudden it's like, and then and then you also become I think a, a lot more sympathetic to people who have health issues and problems right. Right. as they go along. I mean, when you go into the cancer treatment center and you look around the room there in the waiting room, you realize that this disease does not discriminate against anybody. Yeah. There are people. There are people in there who look like they could be corporate executives and bank presidents, and there are people who who are in there that look like man they they just got done plowing a, plowing a field and they're coming in off a tractor, and there are housewives and there are uh, you know it, all kinds of people. Okay, it just every demographic, every age, you know. And when you go in there, it's a very humbling experience, and uh, uh, that you know it. It changes your life. That's all I'll say. Um, can I, I just want to give Todd a little bit of advice because he's just now coming yeah. off of this. So all Todd is thinking about every day is, is the cancer going to come back? So That's it. what helped me was every morning when I was in the shower and I was having that anxiety attack and thinking those thoughts, I would just take a deep breath and I would say to myself, I don't have cancer today. And That's. That's a good one. Let me tell you what I do. Uh, Jim. Jim. <laughs> okay. Jim kind of makes me forget about the fact. That, nah, I'm just kidding. Linda, your, Linda, your advice is, is absolutely true. And the thing is, I got, I got to go back every three months, okay? Right, right. So it's kind of like every three months, it's, it's your report card. Right. You know, well, here's the report card, and the report card is pass-fail. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's real simple. So I go back every three months, and... And, you know, they call it scanxiety, where, uh, you know, okay, well, what, what's it, what's it going to be? So you walk in there, and, you know, you're always kind of living a little bit of denial where you're just, you're just moments away from, from uh, uh, going into, uh, uh, going, in, going in, and you're not, you're thinking, ah, I'm, I'm negative. You never know. Then all of a sudden they go in, well, it's back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you just, it's just, it's, it's bizarre. But the other thing, Mark, when you get a little older, and you'll get there one day, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> You, you realize that you know something. Everybody's got something. Yeah. Everybody's got something, and so you know, this is my deal, and I make the most of it, and and move on, and and thank God for being on. Uh, I, I tell you one thing, I have I have thanked God every single day of this journey. He has blessed me so much for having people like you in my life, mm. for having uh, people obviously like my family and Paula in my life, but. I've lived a blessed life, and it's one of those things where, hey, if you had a check out now, you've had a good one. And yeah. uh, I just, I keep that, I try to keep that that into focus. I think that's so a, that, that's really helpful. I think that's a great uh, perspective to to keep, Todd. Uh, and I think the only thing left to say is, 
Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs, Todd. Go we'll, Chiefs, baby. We'll Go be, Chiefs. We'll be thinking about you on Sunday night. That's right, because we be, we just may, may take a little trip around Kansas City again with a win. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Todd, the best. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, and, and by the way, just so you know, Patrick Mahomes only lives about seven blocks away from us. Well then, Ooh. tell him, tell him, Mark and Linda say hey. <laughs> yep. And up until up until recently, of course, Len Dawson just passed away this past September, and his funeral was at our church, and I was one of the uh, ushers greeters for his funeral. But uh, Patrick Holmes and Len Dawson lived only about two blocks away. The two quarterbacks who have taken the Chiefs to the Super Bowl and two Super Bowl MVPs. How about that? Dang. Two blocks away. It is supposed to be Chiefs victory on Sunday. The best to you, Todd. Thank you, and great talking to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, great talking with you guys. We'll see you. Bye, Todd. Bye-bye. Well, always good to catch up, and I, I hate that Todd couldn't have been there to get a nice pat on the back for many great years of super sports reporting on the Mark and Brian program. Uh, well, with uh, talk of the uh, Super Bowl, uh, this coming Sunday, when you see the flyover, the jets that fly over during the national anthem, each jet will be piloted by a woman. Great. It is the first time that four women have piloted the jets in that. And it is, and Todd mentioned it, Travis Kelsey, this is the first time in history that two brothers have competed against each other in the Super Bowl. Travis Kelsey for Kansas City, his brother Jason Kelsey is the center for the Philadelphia Eagles. So you are going to be watching history from that standpoint. Millions of people are going to be betting on the Super Bowl. That's all the NFL is about these days. Yep, they've turned into let's bet. They, they really have, and I've got a problem with that. However, there are fun bets that you can make. Like if you don't want to bet on the game itself, you can bet on things like the coin toss. Will it be heads? Will it be tails? You could actually put money on that. Win it or lose it. You can bet on the color of Gatorade the players will use to soak the winning coach at the game's end. Mm -hmm. What would you go with if you're betting right now? Isn't it always usually either red or blue? Oh, no, or orange. Well, there's all those colors. I and, would go red. And there's green. I'd go red. I'd go blue. Uh, the color of halftime performer Rihanna's hair. There's no way of knowing that, I guess, unless you're Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Uh, will Chris Stapleton mess up the national anthem? <gasps> Is he singing the national anthem? Apparently so. Oh, that's going to be great. Either that or he's playing the guitar. Maybe that, that would be just for him to play it on guitar. Oh, yeah. And how many times will announcers mention the name Tom Brady? Oh, you for, can, for for like comparison? Yeah. Okay. But you can bet on that. Yeah. You can actually put money down. Now, I have the best and worst halftime shows in history. And this is, you know, you can disagree. I don't think you can disagree with number one, the best. I don't think you can. And then I'll give you the three worst. They're right here. You know, the best used to be Prince. But that show, that Super Bowl show last year was just pretty damn awesome. It was very nice. It didn't touch Prince. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. And like I said, this is opinion. Uh, number 10, greatest halftime show of all time, Paul McCartney. 
Number nine, Indiana Jones. What? Says this was basically televised version of Disneyland Indiana Jones ride, and watching it was about as much fun as watching someone else on a roller coaster. Well, then why did they put it? Wait a minute. Is that is that the best? Oh, sorry. That's the worst. Oh, okay. Sorry. All right. That's the worst. Okay. Uh, number seven. I'll just read the top. Wait, five. wait, wait. Are they saying number that Paul McCartney was number ten of the worst? It, it was. Mm, was it? Was it bad? It was kind of boring. Oh, okay. Uh, there wasn't much to it. Okay. Uh, number eight, The Who. Number seven, Winter Magic, The Ice Capades, Silliness, mm, good Skating. Uh, I agree with this. Uh, the Black Eyed Peas, Usher and Slash. I don't even remember that. The f- Number five, Worst, Blues Brothers, with no appearance by ZZ Top and James Brown. Number four, it's a small world. Jeez. Disney. Uh, number three, Aerosmith, Britney Spears, NSYNC, Nelly, and Mary J. Blige. Now, I would have thought that would have been number one. It isn't. Mm. Number two, I don't even remember. Number two, Elvis Presto. Uh, he was an Elvis impersonating magician. And this happened in 1989. <laughs> Number one, Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake. Oh, okay. Uh, Here's your top 10. Number 10, Michael Jackson. It was such a happening when he did it that. Right. Number nine, Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. I throw all respect. Number eight, Madonna. Hmm. Number seven, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. Mm -hmm. Loved that. Number six, Diana Ross. Who else has left the stadium via helicopter hanging from it? Uh, Number five, U2. Number four, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. That was last year. Yep, great. It was great. Number three, Bruce Springsteen. Number two, we witnessed it. We were there. Beyonce. Oh, Beyonce and mm-hmm. Bruno Mars mm-hmm. and Coldplay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We saw it. And your number one, Prince. Yes. All right. Before we get to... Oh, wait. I wanted to share this because I found this odd. How much do NFL cheerleaders make? I don't think they make a lot. Some of them don't get paid at all. Um. According to the NFL figures, the typical cheerleader barely makes minimum wage, averaging about $150 a game. They can augment for a few dollars for personal appearances they might be able to make in between the games. Mm -hmm. The Dallas Cowboys and Carolina Panthers actually pay their cheerleaders a competitive salary of $75,000 a year. Oh, nice. So the... What are they? The Panther? The If you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. All right. We won't spend any time. The average player uh, takes home $2 million. So you compare 75000 Still, to be a cheerleader, you work one day physically, and then you practice during the week. But 75000 a year, knowing you can free up time. Aren't they called Top Cats? That's it. Yeah. Carolina Panther Top Cats. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we, so there's a couple of things that we're going to get to 
uh, in the next few minutes. Uh, one, um, I'm going to, and I think this is going to be met with dissension. Um, at the Grammy Awards this past um, weekend, uh, there was, uh, everybody's pissed off because Beyonce didn't win Album of the Year. Harry Styles did. They both had great albums. They did. I and, listened to both several times. Well, I'll get into it. I'm going to give you a quick highlight of Harry Styles' record because I think it's that important. But this coming week, Tuesday, is Valentine's. Yeah. And Linda has located the top 10 love songs according to Billboard. Of all time. Of all time. And we have them. I was... Uh, fucking around on my computer and you know how it says trending now mm -hmm. and I looked over at it and it says billboards top 50 love songs <laughs> so um, I clicked on it and I didn't pull a U and do all 50 of them I'm just going to do 10 so I think this means that it has the word love in it and the by the number of weeks it's spent on the charts all right it has to because one of these don't make sense to me and two of these I've never heard all right. Okay. Let's hear it. Number 10. Best of my love emotions. Again, it has to have love in the title. Well, yeah. Okay, number nine is, uh, I guess, it's, it's a different kind of love. Mm. Um, I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett. Wow. This, would, this, this is a stretch. Happy Valentine's, everybody. <laughs> All right. Number eight, I have never heard. Nor have I. It's, it's called Because I Love You, The Postman Song by Stevie B. I had to find it, and I don't like it at all. Sounds like Michael Jackson. So I decided to write you this song. Okay. Well, let's hear a little bit more of it. Just to let you know exactly the way I feel. To let you know my love's for real. All right, that's good. Because I love it, It's really just not good at all. Yeah. Um, Number seven. I know of him. I don't know if I know this song, but it is Love. Nope. Let Me Love You by Mario. Mm, 
just don't get it Do you enjoy being hurt? I know you smell the perfume The makeup on his shirt You don't believe his stories You know that they're How could I not have heard these two songs? I don't know Well, it's got love in the title Yeah Alright Okay, number six we all know I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. If I should stay, I would only be in your way. The moment that Whitney sings this in the movie, The Bodyguard, is really the only reason to watch the film. It's she and Kevin Costner. It's not a great movie, but this moment was great. Every step the way. And I will always love you. What a voice. Mm. Okay, number five is uh, one of my favorite Wings songs. Silly love songs. Number four is We Found Love by Rihanna featuring Calvin Harris. Riri is the halftime show this coming Sunday. I can't wait. They should open with this. That'd be awesome. Well, it's got that big sound. It yeah. would be perfect. Alright. Number three. How deep is your love? The Bee Gees. This is one of the greatest songs ever. When you rise in the morning sun, I feel you touch me in the I mean, it's not that you need to be reminded of the vocal harmonies of the Bee Gees, but listen to the three of them during the chorus. They are almost one person. And you come to me on a summer breeze, keep me warm in your love. Yeah. 
you can't say something like they were underrated because they clearly weren't. But the Bee Gees were mm-hmm. fucking great. They were. All right. Number two is a great song. I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men. is a great song yeah see i would love to see i'm not sure how they would be now but when they were great oh, they're still good to see boys to yeah i was asked to join the group i didn't have time but i, I told them thank you That's why you weren't asked. <laughs> okay, so when I'm doing this, I'm really mm. into this list, and I'm thinking, what can be the number one song? Mm. <laughs> it was not what I was expecting. It, wait a minute. This I mean, a, it's, it's a great song. Oh, it's a great but song. But I, you know, I was thinking something else. What I don't do know think? what I was thinking. Love but, to love you, baby. Donna not, Summer. Not this one. Mm. Number one, Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. My love, there's only you in my life. The only thing that's right. My first love May I take a breath of my take If only wish I make You're scaring the dog. (laughs) All right. Now, um, the, uh, I I, I was, uh, we were in California and I started, this was a year ago. And we're living in a rental. And when I would go in for breakfast, Linda would play the the the, the music uh, on um, Alexa. And she was playing this this record, and she would play it every day. And I finally, because I liked it, and I finally said, "What is this?" And she said, "That's Harry Styles' new record." So I started listening, and I was really impressed with what I was hearing because of what I wasn't hearing the, the, this record is a pop record and i've told you guys whether you like it or not pop is by far the number one music format in the world and harry styles has um, uniquely done something that is rare back in the 90s you know i told you genie in a, in a bottle is one of the great pop songs because it is and in the 90s everybody who did pop music were throwing the kitchen sink in every possible sound that they could find they would put in there. Why? Because of boy bands. That's what they were doing. Just, it was an explosion of sound. 
and it was fine for the time because we hadn't really heard anything quite like that. Uh, the unique thing about the Harry Styles record is that it's a 180 of that. This is probably one of the cleanest pieces of great music I've ever heard because the only sounds that are there are the ones that need to be there. It is the leanest piece of great music I've ever heard. And, uh, you know, I went into it because Linda had introduced and I, of course, started listening to it over and over. How could you not? Every song is on the radio. And so when the when the Grammys were coming, everybody was about Beyonce. And I had said, well, you know, Linda, Harry Styles has a shot. He's nominated. And Linda said, yeah, but it's supposed to be Beyonce's year. Even Adele was supposed to win over Harry. But I sat there. Linda had already gone to bed because it's going to be Beyonce. But I watched and I waited and it was it was Harry. Nobody was more shocked than Harry Styles to win. Now, for those of you that don't know, in the Grammys, uh, album of the year, the three big awards are album of the year, song of the year, record of the year. Um, album of the year is considered best picture in the world of music and Harry won it. And so I just real quickly wanted to give you an example of some of this record and let you hear what it is that Harry's doing and what he isn't doing. Now, here's one you couldn't have missed. This is the big hit. This is the very first single that came from this album. This is Harry Styles from Harry's House. That's the album. This is As It Was. Give you just a little bit of it. Again, I want uh, you to try to get into the thing of what you're not hearing. The only things that are there are required. The rest of it, it's very, very clean. All right, so that was a massive raced to number one Harry Styles. Sugar, watermelon, watermelon Water, sugar. Yeah. Okay, Harry was already on everybody's mind from that record. That was a big one. All right, so now they've had a hit. They're going to release the next single. By the way, there's only been three singles from this record so far. The next song they came out with was Music for a Sushi Restaurant. Yeah. And this is a great song, and this is the track one. This is the open. If you bought the album, this is the very first thing you would hear when you put it on. Where is it? Maybe. Well, I'm playing it. Oh, no, sorry. That's the wrong thing. Let me go back. It uh, screwed me up. Mm -hmm. No, it did. I didn't have the volume up. Wait, I'm sorry. I wanted you to hear the very beginning.
Actually, I, I find it that it's so clean that it frees your mind to be able to hear the music. So, I mean, it's just fantastic. So that's the second hit. The third one they went for was track two off of the album Late Night Talkin'. singles that have been released that is my personal favorite i think that's oh a that's not none of those were my favorite off the album i had two favorites off the album uh grape juice and cinema those well, were my favorite so three singles it is album of the year so sales are skyrocketing and if harry were to call me which he will mm-hmm. and he'll say mark i won album of the year what should the single be i would tell harry clearly the single best record off of the entire album is Grape Juice. One, two, three. Your favorite as well. You can't tell it. This is a love song. Listen to that.
I really firmly believe that's the best record on the album. He's already had three number ones. So this one, when you hear it, just remember, we told you. I don't think we're, I think we're done with that album. Oh, no, can't be. I, I, I mean, I would hate for that to be, but they haven't, they should have already released a new one by now off of it, and they haven't. Well, if you liked what you heard, that's, that's the record. And it is album of the year. Well, and Bob D didn't like it. His ears aren't happy. Who's Bob D? He's in the chat. Well, Bob, <laughs> listen, why don't you go turn on that bullshit metal you dig and enjoy that crap? This is album of the motherfucking year, asshat. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry, Bob, but you deserve that. Fuck Bob. <laughs> what was your other favorite? Cinema. Cinema. Let me find it. Is it off this? Here it is. Here's Skeeter's other favorite. You got, you got the cinema. This is only album of the fucking year. me that all of the music world not all but a lot are pissed oh yeah because beyonce did not win well i mean over the summer i mean it was uh, you can't break my soul that we were singing to and right after that it was um lizzo's song um it's about damn time remember mm-hmm. it, well it won record of the year yeah which is a big one but harry won and he deserved it because you know, like I said, I was half awake, sitting there ready for breakfast, and I'm hearing this music, and I couldn't, I found myself humming it throughout the day, and I didn't know who it was. Yeah. That was when I asked. That's when you know, when something stays with you, there's something about it. There's a reason that it does that. So, it's called Harry's House, Harry Styles. If, if you live in, under a rock. Yeah, if you live under a rock, and you know, you love, uh, you know, bullshit, music, kind of music that you listen to when you're laying in the mud. Bob. Um, uh, oh, I get it. Okay. It took me a minute, but I got it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. We can go straight to the chicken and pause the chicken because I've got several today. Here we go. Bok, 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 bok. On 2-5, Kathy from Menifee, California, turned 65. Mm-hmm. What's the matter? I forgot to do what year is it. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I fucking know. 
I should have bet fucking money. Um, also <laughs> on 2-5, Tammy Harwell turned 64. On 2-10, Angie Lidsley turned 65. On 2-10, Gina Spire turned 45. 211, oh, 210 is today. On 211, Malcolm Peeling turned 73. Kathy Meester turned 60. Jeanette Torres, T O R R E S, turned 38. Torres. On 214, Danny Cole turned 50. Millie from Huntington Beach turned 50, is turning 58. And Rochelle Anderson is turning 60. On 215, Don Lidsley, who is Angie's husband, is also turning 65 and on 216 natalie is turning 32 all right so i can either do it really quickly oh hell no oh i save them for next week okay we'll just save them for next week and just so you know i told you so yeah but you didn't bet any money so you don't Mm -hmm. get any money all right so go enjoy that Super Bowl. Oh, you've got the Super Bowl. You've got Valentine's Day. You've got a lot of shit. It's a fun week next week. Yeah. So uh, get together with friends and buddies. Go enjoy the Super Bowl. Hope your team is in there. Um, I really, I think the Eagles win this. I you really do? do. I do. Oh, I'm cheering for the other team. I'm cheering for the Chiefs, but I think the Eagles are too much for them. If if Patrick Mahomes were healthy, I would have a different response, but he's not. I hope he has a good game. He'll, I mean, he's already defied rhyme or reason that he played that first game. This is a high ankle sprain, and he's going to play in the Super Bowl. I don't ever count them out. Um, Everyone go have yourself a great week, Super Bowl, Valentine's Day, and all the other shit that February brings your way. (laughs) Appreciate you joining us. We'll see you next week with What Year Is It? Sure we will. Bye, y'all.
shown 